This is a sermon podcast from Bellevue First United Methodist Church in Bellevue, Washington. Visit us online at fumcbellevue.org for more sermons like this, church information, and how to get involved. Bellevue United, a community of open hearts, open minds, and open doors. Hello, and welcome to a new thing that we're trying here at Bellevue First United Methodist Church. My name is Phil Antella. I'm the pastor here at this church community, and you are listening to one of our new sermon podcasts. Now, if you've gone to really any church website, you've probably seen a list of recorded Sunday sermons. Well, you know, sometimes I will go listen to these recorded sermons, and they will include group discussion times that I'm not really a part of, or maybe some weird, um, you know, moments of silence, or you can tell that like something happened in the room and you have no idea what it actually was like, what was that? You have no idea. I know, but you weren't here. So my idea is, well, what if I recorded a podcast that's really just me talking to you? It's not happening on a Sunday. It's just me talking to you. Now, it's going to be the same message, the same topic, the same thing that happened on a Sunday, but the context is here and now, this podcast, and it's giving us a different way, a uh, different medium to talk about some of the same things that happen on a Sunday. So I think it is more or less a true podcast. It's probably going to be a little bit shorter than a normal sermon recording. I think it'll be fun for me, maybe fun for you. Let's give it a shot and see what it's like. So one of the things that happens at many churches all across the country, all across the world, every single week, is that people gather together and say something that Christians often refer to as the Lord's Prayer. I wish you could see what I'm doing right now. Some big bunny ears, right? Quotation marks. The Lord's Prayer. I don't know about you, but if you grew up in a Christian home, you're very familiar, most likely with the words of the Lord's Prayer. It's like the, 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 the pass to be able to say that you're part of a Christian church. Like, have you memorized the Lord's Prayer? Again, for me, that definitely was the way I grew up. I felt like as soon as I could memorize the Lord's Prayer, I was in the club. It was good. Even those who didn't grow up in the church, I'm pretty sure many of us are still familiar with the words of the Lord's Prayer. You probably hear them at weddings maybe funerals, or even just TV shows. Uh, Think about some of the words that show up in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Right? That sounds pretty familiar. So um, here at Bellevue First United Methodist Church, at least in the last year, we've actually moved away from saying the Lord's Prayer every week. You know, It shows up every so often, but it's not a sort of thing that we feel like we must do every single week or else it's not church somehow or or else we're not Christians somehow. You know, the truth is, I think there are very few things that churches or Christians must do in order to call a Sunday, what, a, a good Sunday? And I'm not sure the Lord's Prayer is really one of them. Now, word of caution, that's not what I meant to say. Um, Just all honesty here, 
I don't really have a problem with the Lord's Prayer. I just don't really think it often means what we have made it mean. You know, even the way that we refer to it, the Lord's Prayer, is really referring to something else and not so much how it occurs in the Bible, right? So the Lord's Prayer, what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer, which is really just like a a heading in someone's Bible. If you open up your Bible and you find the section on the Lord's Prayer, someone typed in a little title there. That's really not how the Bible was written. Some publishers at some point decided to give it a title, and we're going to call it the Lord's Prayer. But in the story that happens between Jesus and some disciples, and the disciples say, hey, Jesus, could you teach us how to pray for a minute? Jesus doesn't respond, of course, let me teach you the Lord's Prayer. In fact, there are really only two spots in the Bible where the Lord's Prayer shows up, in the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke. Now, the Gospels are these four kind of biographies of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew and Luke are the only two that talk about what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer. Now, let me read to you two different versions of the Lord's Prayer. The first one is one that I bet most of us are really familiar with. Um, I'm going to read you the verses, like the two verses that show up before the Lord's Prayer, and then also the verse that shows up after it. So this is how it goes. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. Did you catch that? When you are praying, don't just throw out meaningless words. Already, in this first line, we should probably heed the advice that's being offered before we get into the Lord's Prayer, which for many of us can seem like we're just kind of throwing up empty phrases. So it begins like this. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard just because they're saying a lot of words. Don't be like them, for God knows what you need before you ask. Which, side note, is really an interesting point for Jesus to make, because if God knows what we need before we ask, why are we about to be given a formula for prayer to ask for what we need? It's interesting, right? So the prayer goes like this. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, God will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will God forgive your trespasses. Huh. So even right there, I think there are probably some lines that we are more or less familiar with. Even though this, is, this actually is the Lord's Prayer, a really great example is in verse 12 of Matthew 6, it says, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, depending on what your upbringing was like, you may have grown up saying debts, saying trespasses, or maybe even saying sins. Now, those are all three different words, and they probably have different meanings. So when we say something like, well, do you know the Lord's Prayer? 
which version, which words, what message are we actually referring to? Now, surprise, surprise, there is actually another version of the Lord's Prayer in the Bible. And this one is actually pretty different, or at least a little bit different. So this time it shows up in the Gospel of Luke. The disciples, Jesus' kind of companions that are studying and learning from him, are moving from town to town, and they turn to Jesus. And beginning uh, in Luke chapter 11, it says this, uh, He, Jesus, was praying in a certain place. And after he had finished praying, one of the disciples you know, rushes in and says, Lord Jesus, teach us how to pray. Just like John, uh, another kind of teacher, missionary in the area, just like John has taught his disciples how to pray. We want to know how to pray. And so Jesus says to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive anyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. Period. That, that's the end of it. Now, I, what I think is so uh, interesting about the Lord's Prayer is, you know, when we refer to it, we're really referring to the Matthew version of the Lord's Prayer, the one that we all have kind of embedded in our memory. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think one of the things that I also believe is interesting is that I'm also using a pretty specific translation, some specific words and language choices that I don't use at any other point in my life. Trust me, I do not say the word thy all that often. And yet when it comes to the Lord's Prayer, I say it every time. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Just note that when we're talking about the Bible, It is never this sort of set-in-stone thing. No matter how much someone wants to tell you that the Bible ought to be read literally, the challenge for us is to always read it literally, which is to understand what type of literature do we have here in front of us. And anytime we use words that have been written down and printed in any language, we have to understand the editorial choices that have happened. We're working with the Lord's Prayer in English, But English is not the only language. English is not the only language that the Lord's Prayer has been printed in. Most uh, biblical um, publishing companies and and scholars have actually had a hard time trying to put their thumb on the number of translations that exist. It it, it is just so uh, large, it's actually hard to even know... um, how many different versions of some of these words are in existence or have been in existence. And so when we say something like, well, but are you saying the Lord's Prayer? or Do you believe the Lord's Prayer? Or what are we supposed to do with the Lord's Prayer? Even in that, we're talking about some pretty specific versions of words that may not be the same versions of words for other people. So here's actually a really great example of what I'm talking about. You may or may not know that in the Bible, when we read all these stories about Jesus talking with people, Jesus spoke a language called Aramaic. It was kind of the common tongue of the day. And so even though the Bible was written in Greek, you know, a couple hundred years after Jesus uh, lived and died, uh, and by the Bible, I mean the New Testament, sorry. Even though the New Testament was written in, in Greek, uh, Jesus spoke Aramaic. Um, so 
even in this, the words that Jesus might have said in Aramaic are already literally different words than what we would have even in the very first Greek translation of the Lord's Prayer ever written. So, uh, if you can find, uh, let's see, I'll see if I can find a way to share this. Um, I came across a very fascinating uh, retranslation, right? Now, I'm sure that this someone has taken poetic liberties here, but this is called a retranslation of the Lord's Prayer from the Aramaic, right? So, what someone has done is they've found uh, what would the original Aramaic words have been, what might the Lord's Prayer have sounded like in Aramaic? And then what do those words mean, or what's the best uh, stand-in or representative or translation of those words today? And so when you translate the Lord's Prayer in Aramaic into our contemporary English, this is what the retranslation sounds like. O breathing life, O breathing life, your name shines everywhere, releasing a space to plant your presence here. Releasing a space to plant your presence here. Imagine your possibilities now. Embody your desire in every light and form. Grow through us this moment's bread and this moment's wisdom. Untie the knots of failure that are binding us, as we also release the strands that we still hold of others' faults. Help us not to forget our source, and yet free us from not being in the present. From you arises every vision, every power, and every song, from gathering to gathering. Amen. May our future actions grow from here. Hmm. That's the Lord's Prayer. Yeah? Uh, how about this? Um, this is even closer to the traditional Lord's Prayer. Again, I'm doing those quotation marks, the Lord's Prayer. Um, this is from the message translation of the Bible. Now, quick word on Bible translations. You've already heard me say that the Bible's always been translated into different versions, different languages. If you think about it like a spectrum, on one side, on the far left side, let's imagine a, like a literal translation. And so this would be um, uh, translators, editors would look at every single word and say, what is, the, what is the best word translation that we can come up with here? If this word means this in Greek and this in English, and those are the closest uh, translations we can come up with, let's use that. Now, the problem is that even though the translation might actually be literal, it may still actually miss the overarching meaning. Let's just call this the, the substance of what the message was. Have you ever read any Shakespeare texts, texts and thought, I'm not really sure what was being said here. Like, I, I can pick up on the words, but I'm not really sure why they're talking about what they're talking about. Because of that, if on the left side you have a literal translation of the Bible, on the very far right side you have a paraphrase, which is, let's see if we can uh, not focus so much on how to literally translate every word 100% correctly, and instead focus on making sure that no one misses the substance of it, the message of it, the meaning of it. 
So this is often called a, a paraphrase. And then if that's uh, on the far right side and on the far left side is the literal, somewhere in the middle, we might call that like a dynamic spot, like a dynamic middle. This is where most Bible translations are. New International Version, the New Revised Standard Version, Common English Bible, right in the middle. So you've got literal, dynamic, and then a paraphrase. So the message version of the Bible, which is an actual translation of the Bible, uh, is a paraphrase. And this is how the message translation of the Bible um, uh, shares the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best. As above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. You are in charge. You can do anything you want. You are ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. Oop, that was my phone. My bad. Now I'm wondering, how did you feel about that? Now that, that was the Lord's Prayer. That was from the, go- the Gospel of Matthew in the message translation of the Bible. But was that the Lord's Prayer that you feel you need to say or that really resonates with you? How about this? Here's, here's one final example. This version of the Lord's Prayer is from something called the New Zealand Prayer Book. Now, this is literally, it's an actual book. I'm looking at it on my bookshelf right now. Uh, It's similar to maybe the Book of Common Prayer, if you've ever been part of a uh, Episcopalian or Anglican tradition. Uh, The New Zealand Book of Prayer um, or New Zealand Prayer Book has um, a bunch of different hymns and prayers, and they have a retranslation of the Lord's Prayer. This is how their translation of the Lord's Prayer goes. Eternal Spirit, earth maker, pain bearer, life giver, source of all that is and all that shall be, father and mother of us all, loving God in whom is heaven, loving God in whom is heaven, the hallowing of your name echoes throughout the universe. The way of your justice, may it be followed by all people on earth. Your heavenly will, may it be done by all created beings. Your commonwealth of peace and freedom, may it sustain our hope and come visit us on earth. With the bread we need for today, may we be fed. In the hurts we absorb from one another, forgive us. In times of temptation and test, spare us. From the grip of all that is evil, free us. For you reign in the glory of the power that is love, both now and forever. Amen. Hmm. So there are three versions of the Lord's Prayer. Five, actually, if you count the ones from the New Revised Standard that I read at the beginning, the the, the traditional versions of the Lord's Prayer. So I, I share all of this because I have a really simple question for you. What is the prayer that you need to share? What is the prayer that you need to say? This Sunday in church, we're doing a really simple practice, which is actually a pretty 
interesting thing that I'm going to encourage you to do. Uh, What we're going to do is look at each of the different lines of the Lord's Prayer and then try to come up with a line or a translation that is true to you. So here's an example. Um, The traditional Lord's Prayer often begins with this line, Our Father. Now this is making some pretty bold claims from the get-go that God is a man, that God is a, a father. Now, I believe that God as spirit is creator of all, but that would also mean that God is mother. So maybe a line that's more true for me might be something like uh, uh, the one that showed up in the New Zealand prayer book, father and mother of us all. Or the line that I wrote in my own personal Lord's Prayer is really simple, creator of all. And how about this one? Who art in heaven. Well, what does that mean? Who art in heaven. Even that one line has so much theological uh, significance or at least um, uh, uh, um, interest. These are things to be curious about. One, where is heaven? Or or maybe we take a step back. What do we mean by heaven? Because whatever we mean by heaven, this line is apparently saying that whatever heaven is, God is in it. I don't know about you, but I grew up with almost a very kind of linear understanding of heaven, meaning like up and down, feeling like life now here on earth was down below and heaven was up in the sky. But we've been flying planes for quite a while and we have yet to fly a plane into the airspace of heaven. I'm not sure heaven is out in the the galaxies. So what do we mean when we say uh, our Father, our God, our mother and father, our creator of all, who is in heaven. What is the substance of that line? What I came up with was simply this translation, the one who is beyond time. Beyond time. Again, when I think about heaven, it is this sort of other life that is beyond the time, the, 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 the burden, the forward movement that I know right now. That's often how I think of a heaven, that it is life after life after death. It's when time isn't time. So um, what I'm wondering for you is what would you say, or what would you pray for each of these lines in the Lord's Prayer? Let's actually do this right now. I'm going to say some of these lines, and I just want you to think for just a second, what would I do? What would I say? You can actually do this in the car right now, if you're in the car, if you're going for a walk, or if you're cooking dinner. I'm just going to read these lines and just take a second and think, okay, what is the, what is the translation, what is the substance of how I might interpret that for me? So I'm going to read you these lines, and then when I'm done, I'm going to share my version of the Lord's Prayer that I came up with doing this practice. I'm going to do it right now with you. Uh, And then I would encourage you to maybe write this down and see what it's like for you to actually pray this prayer for a couple days. Just sit with it. Uh, If you're interested, maybe bring it to church or send it to me in an email. I'd love to see what you came up with. I think uh, this... uh, uh, represents the beauty of what it means to have spirit in all of us, 
It's that uh, I might come up with words that resonate with me, but they may be different words that, than the ones you would choose. And yet the ones that you choose may also bring life to me. So let's do this translation of the Lord's Prayer. Again, I'm going to read you these lines and just think right now, what would you say instead? Or what would your translation be? So here's how it goes. Our Father. Our Father. Who art in heaven. Who art in heaven or who is in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we also forgive those who trespass against us. And forgive us our trespasses, as we also forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. I would encourage you, if you uh, have um, five minutes, to go back and uh, listen to that again. Um, You can listen to my prompt, and then you can just pause the recording and think about each line and come up with something that really resonates with you. I did the same practice, and uh, I want to uh, end our our um, podcast today with me just praying the prayer that I came up with for you. Uh, it's really like a uh, it's trying to bring a good word into existence for all of us. And so this is the substance of the Lord's prayer for me, and I'm wanting to share it with you. So this is how my translation of the prayer goes. Creator of all, who is beyond time, hallowed be thy name. May your kingdom come. That's different than a kingdom. It's kin, it's family. May your kingdom come. And may your wills be done in this life and the next. Give us this day our eternal and future supernatural bread. May forgiveness be a dance between all of creation. And when we are tempted to choose chaos over peace, may you deliver us from evil.
Amen. So this is just uh, the beginning of a conversation. Sometimes when I think about sermons or messages, I try to remind myself that these are meant to be not last words on a topic, but first words, right? Just the beginning. We're just getting started. So these are the first words on the Lord's Prayer. And if you're like me, you've probably been saying and praying this prayer for decades. So the challenge is what might it look like for these to be the first of many new words of your own Lord's Prayer, which is a way to draw you closer back into the substance of what you care about in the first place, of what God means to you, of what it means for us to be a part of a community together. So spend some time with these words. Uh, chew on them a little bit. And like I said, if you're interested, I'd love to see them. Share them with, with, uh, with me. Uh, that's all I've got for today. Um, we'll see if we do another one of these podcasts uh, in the future. Um, I'm going to keep them mostly low-key. Uh, I'm not going to try to polish it up too much. I think you may have heard someone using a, a table saw in the background. I'm not really sure what that's about. But anyway, happy to be able to chat with you all today and share this, whatever this is. So uh, until we are together again, may grace and peace be with you all.